0: today on CityCast Denver. I last spoke with North High School teacher Tim Hernandez in January at the height of what we were calling a teacher shortage. Tim's passion for teaching
1: was so obvious,
0: I haven't stopped thinking about him in his North High School classroom.
1: Well, yeah, and and, and it's because it's not about what we teach our students, right? Our students are going to forget what we teach, our students are going to forget what we say, but they're not going to forget how we make them feel. Like many of his
0: students, Tim is a Denver North Sider, an identity that many Chicanos hold with pride. But gentrification is displacing his community faster than any other place in the country. So when I saw last week that he was being let go from North High School, I knew it was time to check in on Tim in the state of our classrooms.
1: All righty. This feels fantastic. Micro a headphone in one ear, voice memo on the other. <laughs>
0: Today is Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Tim Hernandez, welcome back to CityCast Denver.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. It's always good to talk to you, Chica.
0: (laughs) So... Last time we spoke was in January and it was sort of the height of the Omicron wave. And you talked about how difficult it was to be teaching your students at North High School at all. I mean, just teaching in general. Um, Can you catch me up, Tim? What's been going on since then?
1: A lot. (laughs) Um, So I've been teaching uh, full time, continuing uh, with my course load. You feel me? I design original courses of Latinx literature and Latinx leadership at our school, um, but this semester uh, has been really unique in that uh, I've been undergoing the uh, application process for um, Denver Public Schools. Um, and that's been because I'm an associate teacher. Um, for context, right, when I was hired at North High School in January of 2021, I was hired as a traditional teacher uh, in May of last year. I was approached and said, hey, we actually don't have enough money to keep you on staff traditional next year. Would you be interested in taking an associate position? Uh, and an associate position is a program at DPS that exists for teacher retention for young teachers. Um, and you teach a reduced course load uh, for the purposes of taking on more professional development, taking on more time for plannings and all the, you know, bajillion things that teachers are expected to do. And so this semester, I've been undergoing the application process to apply for a job that I was hired for a year and a half ago and that I've been doing for a year and a half. And so I uh, have been, you know, uh, kind of neck deep in, in, um, not only teaching students five days a week full time, right? Serving my community on the weekends, right? And, and, and helping out in the ways that I do. Um, but I've also, you know, throughout all of this, um, been waiting to hear back if I would be allowed to teach at the school that I've been working at for a year and a half next year.
0: And then last week on Twitter, you shared that you were not coming back, right? What exactly were you told by this school?
1: (sighs) At the middle of the year at my school, Brie, three teachers in my department left because things were so bad. Mm. Um, as such uh, a position became available for next year and I applied uh, on February 16th and I was now given my interview at the school that I've been teaching full-time at until April 26th and so I had to wait two and a half months um,
0: I'm sorry this is a lot
1: no it's it's okay man it's okay um, and a week ago today on May 2nd a week after my interview, in a five-minute meeting, um, mm. I was told that I did not interview competitively enough with the personnel committee, and they decided to move with another candidate, meaning that not only would somebody else be taking over my classes, but I would not be allowed to teach at North next year, mm. um, at least in that position that I had applied for.
0: Why is teaching at North important
1: to you, Tim? I grew up two blocks from North High School, you feel me, on 38th and Irving, I lived in my aunt's basement and I slept on an air mattress in the same room as my dad. And when I was 18 years old, I decided I wanted to be a teacher because education was really the only consistent space um, that I ever really experienced. Um, In high school, we didn't have a school library uh, because I went to a small charter school that didn't have the funding for it. And so um, when I was 18 years old, I started going to yard sales and garage sales and buying all of the books that you'll see behind me. We now have over a thousand books in my classroom. But I want to be a teacher at North um, because the North side of Denver has experienced the most displacement of Latinx people as a result of gentrification in the country. We are the most gentrified Latinx neighborhood in the country. Mm -hmm but our traditional neighborhood of high school remains 67% Latinx. Meaning that my community that I come from, still the school means something enough to us that we still send our kids to it when we can't afford to live here. That parents would rather wake up an hour early and drive their kids to this school compared to sending them to somewhere else because it means something to them and it means something to our community. North has historically been a site of Chicano students, Latinx students, and excellence for our Latinx community that existed 10 years ago.
0: Can I ask, Tim, if they gave you any explanation? Because honestly, it's confusing to me as a person who reads the news every day and there's teacher shortage, teacher shortage, teacher shortage. This is a constant thing we're hearing. What did they tell you when they said that you were not competitive enough or whatever what is that it
1: so because they left the position open for two and a half months there Mm -hmm. were 60 applicants to the positions at my schools (sighs) and because there were so many people that applied i was told that i did not have competitive interview responses despite interviewing twice at this school effectively and being employable then and despite this year scoring effective, according to my evaluators, my student perception surveys being far and above the rest of my school. And I even walked into my interview with a signed letter of endorsement from my department. Keep in mind, there are multiple people from my department applying for these jobs because we have more than one associate teacher. And my department chose me. So you're backed up. Yeah.
0: You've been backed up. You're, you're vetted. are vetted exactly. Backed <laughs> by the people that are impacted most, right? Your students and your department. Um, I, I got to know you and your story because you were very vocal on social media about what your students were experiencing. You shared a lot of what your students were experiencing in, in school during this time. Um, do you feel yeah. like this is retribution or something in some way from the, the
1: district? Absolutely. If I, if I didn't have a Twitter account, I would have a job. Right, and, and although I understand, right, like I understand where people come from. Mm. Brie, what I do here is not just a job. It's a duty. I teach our only sections of Latino literature and Latino leadership, and so I don't, yeah. I don't work at North High School. I have a duty at North High School to facilitate cultural knowledges and the experiences of our students. What I do is not just a job. It's sacred.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the only way that our community has ever had access to facilitating knowledges. And I think that in my advocacy in a school district in a school that is held as a beacon for equity, anti-racism, uncomfortable conversations, restorative practices, what have you, when I challenged on those areas and what they actually look like for people like me, for kids that look like me and dress like me and talk like me, when I said, this is actually what we need I was told that I was divisive, that I was aggressive, that I was attacking. And so absolutely, this is retribution Hmm. for speaking out for issues of equity and and issues of displacement in my neighborhood that show up in our school.
0: And I mean, I I can't help but draw this connection that um, education and our schools was one of the battlegrounds for the Chicano civil rights movement to begin in the first place. I mean, if we look at the West High, walkouts that was because young chicano and mexicano students said not only are my teachers not representative of me they disrespect me and they treat me as other and so your work is a continuation of that movement and it's not just historical i think that's what i really appreciate about what you talk about is this is now right what's going on at north high school is now the displacement of our latinx community is right now and I, I know that you got an outpouring of support from your students, from parents. There was a CBS um, piece about you. Tonight, parents are speaking out
1: after a popular teacher in the Denver Public Schools is told he will not be coming back next year.
0: Even Denver's clerk and recorder, Paul Lopez, talked about how much you meant to his kids and who happened to be your students.
1: It's a shame if we cannot
0: have a teacher who grew up here in Denver, grew up in the north side and not be able to continue to teach in the north side with other kids that have that similar experience. We didn't organize and march for nothing. If you're committed to diversity, then you have to be committed to diversity all the way. What does that support mean for you?
1: I think it's demonstrative of who we must remember that schools serve. Schools do not serve administrators. They do not serve principals. Schools serve communities. They serve parents. They serve students. I also don't think that this is just about me. There are hundreds of black and brown and indigenous and Asian teachers who have been pushed out of our district and do not have the platform or the responsibility or opportunity to name what is happening in our district. Denver Public Schools remains over 80% white teachers despite being a majority students of color. My school is exactly reflective of that demographic in our teaching staff. And I think it's easy to forget That schools, especially public schools, do not exist on the whim of a principal. They they do not exist on the whim of administrators. They exist because communities make them work, because teachers come to work, because students come to school, because parents drop them off, because communities come to our football games and our theater plays. Our school operates not because of a principal or a leader. Our school operates because of a fucking community Mm -hmm. of people, including me. And including the families and the students that I serve, who tell me how sacred what we do in our classroom is.
0: You know, looking at this time that you've spent as a teacher at North, is there a memory or something that sticks out to you about this experience?
1: I am proudest of the ways in which my students and I both led on a project named Our Sacred Community, which is a a collection of student photography and poems created by my Latinx leadership class to capture what it is like to be a Latinx person in this neighborhood right now. They talked about their pain. They talked about their joy despite their pain. They talked about what they missed and they talked about what they would like it to be. The book is is now permanently interred in the Denver Public Library. The book was also read on the floor of the state capitol, and we were invited by our state senator, Julie Gonzalez, to come and read and share our experiences with gentrification, because what we must remember about gentrification is is, it's not about middle-aged people without kids and walking their dogs at night, right? (laughs) Like It's about the kids that go to the school. Yeah. Because these kids are growing up with the weirdest relationship with our community because they don't know where we're from. And I think that if there's a memory that sticks out, it's the first time that we read that book out loud. Our students wanted to share it with our community, and it was the most transformational experience because I saw our kids claim their own dignity.
0: So, Tim, what is next for you? What do you what do you want?
1: I wanna serve the community that I was lucky enough to grow up in. And I mean that I saw when our US Bank on 38th Avenue was transformed into apartment complex. I still have US Bank because it was down the block from my house. Right? I worked at Javier's Diner on 38th in and Tennyson and for two years when I was in high school, right? And I didn't have a car, so I walked, right? And I I, I grew up with a really intimate relationship of where we're from. And I had to go all the way to college. And I, and I worked all kinds of different places. I, I interned in Congress and, and worked on an impeachment trial and all these things. And I realized that I don't care about any place as much as I care about this one. But I think, I think that I deserve the opportunity co- to continue serving our students if they ask me to. And if my parents ask me to. And if our community ask me to. We had a collaborative school meeting last night where there was, it was packed with parents and students advocating and pleading with our principal to please either, either give me another position or create one for me, to which our principal would not commit. I want... I want to do the work that I know that nobody else can. Because if, if I'm not teaching... The ways that I teach and the ways that I show up in the curriculum that I teach then then who is
0: Tim Hernandez, thank you so much for
1: coming on this show again. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm sorry I cried the whole time, bro. I, I hope you're able to get something out of it.
0: <laughs> Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. I appreciate that you that you feel comfortable in, in talking to me about what you experience and I think that people need to hear it and people need to know because so often we talk about teachers, but we don't talk
1: to teachers. So
0: thank you so much, Tim.
1: Thank you for the space, Bree. I hope you stay up, chica.
0: After I spoke with Tim Hernandez yesterday, my producer Paul Caroli called North High School's principal, Scott Wolf, for a response.
1: Unfortunately, I can't comment on personnel decisions, this is a public, Denver Public School policy, um, but I can share that you know our personnel committee that is made up of myself and everyone else identifies as BIPOC on that committee, um, went through an equitable interview process with the over 60 candidates who applied for the position.
0: Principal Wolf also rejected the idea that their decision to pursue other candidates had anything to do with Tim speaking out on Twitter. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. This week marks 10 years since Denver implemented its urban camping ban and started sweeping our unhoused neighbors from their encampments on our streets. To mark the anniversary, housing activists kicked off a week of events for what they are calling Denver's decade of doom, with a protest at City Council's weekly meeting on Monday night. The Denver Post reports that after the scheduled public comment period was over, the activists refused to relinquish the podium. All of Council took a recess from the chamber, except District 9 Councilwoman Candice de Baca, who stayed to hear more testimony from the activists. And an update to a story we brought you a few weeks ago. It looks like there will not be a weed lounge opening at 1800 South Broadway after all, at least not anytime soon. According to the Denver Department of Excise and License, the building's owner, Josh Horowitz, withdrew his application last Friday ahead of his hearing that was planned for tonight. Hmm. We reached out to Josh for more, so stay tuned. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Lizzie's got a story about disability affirming family theater company's big trip to New York City. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around Denver. Bye. For these horrible, it's this horrible <laughs> commercial for this horrible white people salsa <laughs> and it with the ju- the, <laughs> the tagline is like they're looking at the other salsas and they're like this stuff's made in new york city and i'm like but you're recommending paste picante sauce as the alternative that's a better salsa hardly it's disgusting <laughs>